Today on Locked On Canadians, we are going to regroup with our belated mailbag. Also some injuries, some potential returns, some exciting news on that front. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that on today's episode of Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 816. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined by Scott Matla, still of Habs Eyes on the Prize. Habs Eyes on the Prize lives. Uh, the depth chart lives. We are so excited about that. We're going to start having people from Eyes on the Prize over on the show soon. There's also an event coming up this weekend that we'll talk about a little bit later. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm I am legitimately great, all things considered, because, um, oh, boy, oh, boy, we really thought we were going to escape the end of this season without any more catastrophic butt explosions of injuries here. And <laughs> we got three, four doses of bad news today. And Laura, do you want me to just start listing off the people who aren't? having their seasons ended in the news today or um i think that might be shorter that might take less time i I, you know the season is only five games left right we don't have that many left um also real quick everybody in the comments was quick to answer a question yesterday that we asked because we completely forgot you can move up to 10 spots in the draft lottery so yes scott the canadians do have an opportunity to get the first overall pick if they're lucky. Uh, the odds are infinitesimally small. Uh, but thank you to everybody who answered our question. Somebody was like, how do you not know this? And I think when you are on a podcast and you start recording, all your brain cells go out the window. And Scott and I sometimes are proof of that. It's really hard. It does feel like you're on the spot sometimes. But anyway, let's go back to the news of the day. So uh, at practice today, players who were missing, Jake Evans, Jordan Harris, Raphael Harvey-Pinard. I believe one of the goalies was missing, and Alex Belzeal. Uh, with Jordan Harris not playing tomorrow, Corey Shunin was called up as an emergency recall. He will play tomorrow against – who are they playing tomorrow? The Red Wings, I believe. So right. Corey Shunin yes. was called it, up. It's the Red Wings. And also Caden Primo was called up and is going to likely start that game against the Red Wings like he did against the Flyers which means one of the goalies is not good to go. And Samuel Montembeau himself said, I've never seen anything like this. If they need me to, I can play out and forward if they need me to, which is probably not what you want to hear. And then and then I'm the bad news. Yeah. And then the bad news piled in. Yuri Slavkovsky done for the year. We kind of had a feeling for that, but there was a chance he might come back, be able to play for the Rocket. Done. Sean Monahan. This mystery, whatever the hell, groin surgery, done. And as someone pointed out, I believe it was on Reddit and on Twitter, is groin injuries are hard because you can't just like rehab it like it's a like a 
like a quad or an ankle thing where you can do exercise, you got to let it heal or you get surgery. And obviously he aggravated that while recovering from his foot injury. And that's just ouch. And then the bad, anybody with this, this much bad luck. I feel like even Pascal Leclerc was luckier with injuries than Sean Monaghan is. Bo Bennett might be the only person who is more unlucky than Sean Monaghan with injuries. (laughs) Like Bo Bennett got seriously injured celebrating a goal for God's sakes. Like, and I'm pretty sure that was a goal against the Montreal Canadiens because of course it is. (laughs) And then the bad news of the day is Alex Belzeal leg fracture done for the season. So he's not even going back to help the rocket for their playoff run or anything. What do you even say? And this is after David Savard season ending knee injury. Like, and I know everyone's going after the training staff and this and that. Like, can we also Slavkovsky talk about equipment? Got, maybe Blake Slavkovsky got hit knee injury, and Belzio fractured his leg. That's not a training staff thing. That's a your leg broke. I, I unless the training staff went out there and Tanya Harding to the guy. Like, I don't think we can blame them for that. It's just a monumentally like insane year for injuries that even like Joel Edmondson and Samuel Montemore, like we talked about, are like, we've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. And I lived through last year's Montreal Canadiens team. And this year, somehow worse, I it, it blows my mind. It It is, it sucks. <laughs> like Alex Belzio yeah. was fun. He was having a really fun year. And then here we are. I feel like we can't have nice things. The players can't have nice things. But also, you know, we talked about the training staff a lot and the medical staff and all of that. I'm also wondering about their conditioning. I was like, and I was also wondering about their equipment too, you know? Um, Like, what's going on there? Like, why, why is there so much, why are there so many injuries? And I do think conditioning is worth looking at just in terms of like, I know myself as a former runner uh, trying to get back into running. If you do not act, like if you do not take care of your health, like, and you try to do the sport that you do, like, oftentimes you injure yourself and sometimes in such a way that you don't recover for like almost five years. So I don't know, I think conditioning should also be looked at. I think everything should be looked at because this is this is truly beyond anything that's even remotely normal. Like this isn't even like, like a record. This is just like, it's bizarre. And it's it's terrifying. So definitely they need to get that in order before next season. But also, uh, a smiling face was spotted in in training, or no, in skating. It was was skating, not training, not not training, not taking part in a practice. Was skating. Scott, do you want to do the honors of sharing the joy? Everybody, bring it in real, real close here. And if you're watching this on video, you just saw me lunge at your screen. I want to bring it all in real, real tight here. <laughs> Because we haven't had a whole lot of good things to talk about or enjoy in this season. Because hockey is a cruel mistress and she's decided, no, I hate you this year. Skating today before practice. Not in a non-contact jersey. Nothing else. Not, you know, just kind of waiting here. We knew Cole Caulfield had shoulder surgery. And we knew he was hanging around the team. He was out of his sling after a certain amount of time. Skated before practice today. I am not saying he will be able to shoot a puck One because he was skating with both hands free, skating with a stick. I don't know if he was taking shots or anything like that or if he was just out there to skating condition. But what I am saying is I'm not not saying that there's not a chance he might play. I think that that makes sense. 
I say that I don't, three times well, fast. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I look at this and I go, this is probably just him getting his conditioning right. I don't think he's in any position to play before the season's over. And I actually might be mad at the Canadians if they let Cole Caulfield play again this season. But if he plays and scores, I'm going to be repugnant. Not that that's much difference than my usual Twitter persona here. Uh, verified or not, verified forever in your hearts. Like so, it's such a it's it's a it's a blessing to finally get good news in what has just been a hippopotamus eating you know Taco Bell for the last three months. And that's an image that I can get out on this show without violating our contract rules. So enjoy that on your drive to work in the morning. (laughs) Speaking of your drive to work in the morning, your Friday drive to the morning was disrupted because we had to delay our mailbag because my computer died. So in just one moment, we are going to answer the question that you asked us last week uh, in our makeup mailbag, Tuesday mailbag, if you will. But first... This episode is brought to you by Game Time. How often do you find out an artist you love is going to be in town and you fear you've missed the boat on buying tickets, resulting in a mad scramble to get your hands on some? This keeps happening to me with more than one stand-up comic. Like I cannot tell you every single time I'll find out way too late from Facebook or whatever that they're on tour and then I try and get tickets. It's a mad scramble. I don't get them. And getting tickets should not be that stressful. It should not. And Game Time has flash deals that are, you know, late deals that you'll find the tickets. Not only will you find them, they'll be super, super cheap too. And like Game Time, the app is so easy to use. Game Time is the place for last minute tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, comedy theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. 100%, 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today for last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And what's usually a guarantee around here is that we will have a weekly mailbag. And sometimes we have some issues. Like I said, my computer died, like dead died, 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 like a lot died. So I was not able to participate in the mailbag. And Scott would never do a mailbag without me unless I'm out of town. Because that's the kind of guy he is. Anyway, Scott, are you ready for this week's iteration of the mailbag? I mean, I am always ready for the mailbag because our listeners come up with all sorts of both insane and also thought-provoking questions, which I deeply appreciate. This question is not insane at all. Uh, There's no time limit on this. Goalie Droid, our good friend, asks, what award do you most want a Habs or Habs prospect to win? Does the Conn Smythe count? Like, I think it goes without saying. But if you're going to choose that one, please choose a player. Habs player or prospect. Like currently they're a prospect, but they could be winning the Smythe a few years from now. 
I mean, like Lane Hudson's up there. I mean, I'm I'm gonna for the purposes of this, Uri Slavkovsky, just because Ooh, so many people, so many people in this fan base and around the NHL are being like, hey, he's a bust. He's a bust. Blah blah. Guy played on a real bad team this year with injuries while struggling, you know, to admittedly adjust. And like Patrick Bexell said on our special last Saturday, probably should have spent a little time in the AHL this year to help with that. And the Canadians, unfortunately, couldn't really spare him to the AHL because of all the injuries. It's a vicious cycle. I think him winning the Conn Smythe would be – he seems to shine when that spotlight gets on him, like the Olympics, World Championships – I think he would be my pick, saving that Lane Hudson for sure. I think for me, if it's the Con Smythe, it would be Nick Suzuki. But I also want him to win a selfie one day. I mean, I mean, Cole Caulfield should win the Rocket Richard at some point, just because, like, when's the last time the Canadian a Canadian player won the Rocket Richard? Never. Like, I. I don't know when it became an award, but I don't think the Can- uh, Canadians players ever won that award, which is hard because you know. Theirs was Yager and Lemieux and Gretzky and Ovechkin and et cetera. Kind of hard to win an award when generational talents are in the league after the award was created. I'm not going to correct you on the show and then be wrong. I'm going to look this up um, while you're answering the next question. <laughs> All right. um, that is from our friend Blaine Potvin. Uh, are all the voting members of the Hobie Baker committee all alumni of the University of Minnesota? My answer is no, they're not. They're all freaking Leafs fans. Scott, you take that away while I look up whether you were wrong or right. The thing is, it's a fan vote. And like actual NCAA like prospect people looking at this went, it's kind of diminishing the name on the award at this point in that if you just have a bunch of people that can get the most fan votes in, it makes a big part of that. And I'm not even saying Lane Hudson should have beaten Fantilli or Cooley for it, but to not even be nominated after the season he had, you know, it's bad when most of, or pretty much every NCAA prospect person and other prospect people went, no, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's just, yeah, it's it's a fan vote, and Leaf fans turn out well for things like that. Adam Fantilli was going to get in anyways because he was the top one of the top forwards in the NCAA, and Logan Cooley, legitimately good this year. My only gripe is with Matthew Nyes being in there, who seems like a great player, but Lane Hudson is a true freshman setting like NCAA under you know eighteen or under nineteen scoring records. Like, come on. So I agree with you with come on. I was wrong. Um, the Rocket Richard trophy was established in 1999. So no Montreal Canadiens players have won it. You were right. I think I was thinking of something else. Um, either way, thank you for your question, Blaine. Uh, our friends at Locked on Sharks. Hi, JD. If healthy, should we expect <laughs> if healthy, should if we expect healthy. to see the Habs move into frisky and fun next season instead of, and then he types gestures broadly. I think they were frisky and fun for parts of this season here. And my thought is, yeah, I still think they're going to be probably in that nine, 10 draft range. They should see improvement assuming, and you know, I'm knocking on every piece of what I have available. They stay healthy. 
and some of these prospects take that next step, you're going to have a potential top five pick. I don't think they're going to be in the NHL next year, short of being Fantilli or Bedard, mind you. Slavkovsky's got another year. I think someone like Philip Mashar is going to make the jump over to and is going to be one of those top AHL call-ups. Jesse Alonen and Rafael Harvey-Pinard are NHL players. Guys like Struble are going to make the jump. Sean Farrell will be here full-time next year. And there's still guys, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and everyone else. I think this team next year has the potential to be, and I hate this word because it goes back to, yes, they can be a pesky (laughs) team. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they can sure as heck be a spoiler for teams trying to make the playoffs. And I think, admittedly, it's more fun that, I mean, I want the team to make the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup, but if they're not going to do that realistically, I want them to be as annoying as possible. I want them to ruin the playoff chances of the Ottawa Senators from here until the end of the world. Uh, we have some more questions coming up, and, and one of them includes Jan Mishak, uh, and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. We've talked about it before. You know we love Built Bar. You know that we love you, and we want you to try Built Bar. And they've got so many delicious flavors. We used to say, you know, they've got 18 delicious flavors, but now they're always coming up with something new. They're always coming up with something fun. There's puffs, there's bars, there's granola bars. There's always something. And they're always low in sugar, high in protein, low in calorie, if that's something you care about, made with real chocolate, and delicious, 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 delicious. And you can find Built Bar in, if you're in the States, you can find them at Walmart or Sam's Club. And if you are anywhere else, you can buy them at uh, built.com. All you got to do is go to the website, go to builtbar.com and enter promo code locked on 15 so that you can get 15% off your order. That's builtbar.com, promo code locked on 15 for 15% off your order. All right, Scott, it is time for the remainder of the mailbag. And we've got we've got a couple cool things. So um, our friend Jay, Laura, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, I want to address the Pierre-Luc Dubois rumor. So we talked about this last week and we had quite a big reaction. Some people were in, in favor, some people were not. Some people were like, you know, Elliot Freeman is known to be wrong. He's not infallible, but he's just very well connected. So we brought it up. Um, I want to address the PLD rumors. I'm personally not interested in having that player in on the halves. His talent is undeniable. His attitude is what worries me. He strikes me as a very egotistical and selfish. To me, that type of attitude doesn't fit with what they're trying to build in Montreal. He wanted out of Columbus, out of Winnipeg, and now and and so Jay feels that he's becoming very whiny when he doesn't get his way. I'd rather have Owen Beck play center behind Suzuki and Doc then see who they can draft and develop going forward. So this is actually, like, this has been a common theme since we started talking about him, honestly. Early in the season, you know, this is not the first time that he's come up. Even before he was traded to Winnipeg, this would come up. He's not happy where he is, and the rumors always, he wants to play in Montreal. He always, he wants to play in Montreal. So I don't personally, I had this this problem with Marion Hosa, too. So people used to think that he was so selfish because he just jumped from team to team to team until he won a Stanley Cup. He just wanted to win a Stanley but, Cup. It, like, he had that weird thing where he lost to one team and then won with the – and basically yeah. lost back-to-back. It was very funny, yeah. mind you, but – And then eventually won, right, and stayed with the team he won at for a while. Yes. But 
I, you know, like I used to think that too, because, and I think at the time it was kind of clouded by the fact that Montreal wanted him and Pittsburgh got him at, at the last minute of the trade deadline. Um, but I, after, after thinking about it for a while, I was like, how many players are there in the world that are that elite and have that kind of talent? If you're that good at something, you should be able to choose your own destiny. Like, and you know, I would say that if you're, let, let's say you're the top neurosurgeon in the world, you should be able to choose where you work, right? Like which hospital you work at or whatever. So like, that's kind of how I look at it is that like, it can seem very selfish in a sport that where you're supposed to sacrifice everything for the team and all of that. And I do kind of get that, like, you know, what if he comes to Montreal and it doesn't work out? You know, he, he like, it seems to be like, he seems to think in his mind that Montreal is the, is the place where he's going to achieve the height of his talent and everything like that. And sometimes it does it does work out that way, but oftentimes the way that it works out is is the opposite of that. Like there's so much pressure, there's hometown pressure, there's you know you come here and you imagine it's like this like utopia and and it's not. It's interesting. Like I just feel I've been rambling a little bit, but I just feel like I'm off of two minds. Like I understand so well why people think he's whiny and selfish. I understand also so well that he hasn't had he hasn't had the same kind of career yet that you know that these elite players that I that I just mentioned have established like he's not established as established as we want him to be right so i totally get it but i also think that like if he is wanting to come to your team and you're able to get him for a reasonable price whether it's a reasonable return to the other team or a reasonable contract like i think you at least have the conversation even though as you pointed out jay like the canadians have a logjam at center right now and they need to figure out what they're going to do and who's going to be their who and i look at it this way is that I love Owen Beck. I don't think anyone here is going to, you know, accuse me of not liking Owen Beck as a player. Pierre Lutubois is a top six NHL center. We don't know what Owen Beck's ceiling is. He can become Pierre Luc Dubois, but Pierre Luc Dubois is Pierre Luc Dubois right now. And I look at this in that a lot of this, I think, is overblown because hockey loves to do this with players who want to exert some control over what they're doing with their career. And the way things went in Columbus, I think that was just a really bad situation that we're never going to get all the details on, but clearly there was something wrong with that locker room where Dubois felt like he did not fit in with members of it and he wanted to get out. And I'm not going to fault someone like that. And Winnipeg's a weird situation because when things are good, you don't get any news out of Winnipeg whatsoever. And now that things have gotten uneven, Nikolai Ehlers isn't getting good minutes. Rick Bonus doesn't like Mark Shifley. It's hard I mean, to does? know. Sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> it's a good point. It's, I couldn't could resist. It, it's, it's, it's hard to say how much of that is going to be on Pierre-Luc Dubois when he's not the only person on that team that is part of what feels like a cataclysm of just crap waiting to happen, whether they make the playoffs or not. If they can get him dirt cheap, you take it every time. And if you get Owen Beck into an NHL, turns into an NHL player, you know what? Great. Wealth of riches, baby, because you can make us you can have a center play wing, but it's hard to have a winger play center. And I look at Pierre Luc Dubois, where you can have a three headed monster at center of Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, and Pierre Luc Dubois in any order, even if Doc goes to the wing. And you have Suzuki, PLD, Beck, Evans, whatever, load up, hoard the wealth, you know, and go from there. It 
I I'm not opposed to it, but the price has got to be right there because I get the Canadians don't want to sell the farm for immediate gratification. They've been very good about being patient with what they want to do here. And I get that why they're going to be cautious going into this. And honestly, I think the deal for him is going to be a lot less than people might be expecting. I think so too. So we've got to run through the next questions because we've got some meaty ones, um, but we don't have that much time left. So Scott, uh, our friend, the Bengals fan wants to know, is Jan Mishak actually bad? Uh, I remember that there was at least some hype around him, but I haven't heard anything this year about him and if he's developing well. I feel like with all the injuries, Mishak has had a chance to stand out in Laval, but hasn't. So my understanding is that Mishak had an injury himself, right? Yeah, he was out long-term as well. He was out eight weeks with a lower body injury. And he's still adjusting. You know, not everyone is going to make the immediate AHL adjustment like Emil Heineman. Uh, Meshach is someone that I think is going to take a little bit more time. Their NHL ceiling is considerably lower than what it was originally, but injuries slowed that down a little bit. I still like what Jan Meshach does, but you can see the learning process is still going on. I see moments where it's like, okay, that's something you got to finish. He's, he's a growing project basically, and that's fine. He'll be part of the rocket again next year. I'm sure he's going to get, a little bit more favorable usage there because he's going to be one of the, uh, I don't want to say a veteran, but one of the returning players there. And that's okay. Uh, I'm not worried about rushing or, you know, where Jan Mishak's going to end up right now because there's time still. And that's perfectly okay. A question from Adam Yu on, uh, on YouTube, our good friend. This is actually, there are seven parts to this question, but it's very important context. Okay. Imagine we're approaching the final week of the season in 2026. You are both hosting the show and doing a live update on the Habs. Could you answer the following questions in the present tense as if you are speaking at that time? So hopefully we're both alive in 2026. Um, we might not be hosting the show, but the show, the show, the show, but just say we were. So we're doing the live update last season of 2026. One, where do the Habs rank in the playoff picture and what does the top of their division look like? At the top of their division, <laughs> I I hate to say this, it's probably the Buffalo Sabres with okay. Devin Levi and Rasmus Dahlin. And then it's probably the Habs, Senators, and Leafs in that, depending on what happens with Austin Matthews in that picture okay. there. All right. Okay, next question. Yes. Who leads the Habs in goals, assists, points, and penalty minutes? Caulfield goals, Suzuki assists, points is going to be Suzuki, penalty minutes will be Arbor Jacki or Xavier Simono. Three, who are their top forwards? Suzuki, Caulfield, Doc, and... Slavkovsky. I mean, wishful thinking, yes, but it all depends on who they end up getting in this draft because it's very easy to be like, yeah, Connor Bedard. But like, or like I think Suzuki, Caulfield, Doc, and then question mark. We'll, we'll plug Slavkovsky in there for now. Uh, who are their two best defensemen? Lane Hudson, Katie Bowie. Mike Matson might have something to say about that, but uh, Caden Gooley <laughs> for sure. Uh, 
And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put my neck out on the limb on a limb here and say Jaden Struble. Oh, interesting. I think he uh, has all the markings of an athletic defensive defenseman. He won't get the points that Lane Hudson will, but I think with the way that he plays the game and the way that he skates and is physical, I think he could develop into a very good defensive stalwart puck mover for the Canadians. He'll be underappreciated, but his value will show to those who know to look deeper than counting stats. Who's going to be the heart of the team? This one's tough. I want to go with Jack Eye. I, I want to say Jack Eye. I also want to say Raphael Harvey Pinard potentially. Um, I think Cole Caulfield will be like the the you know overly caffeinated Mountain Dew filled heart of the team, though, just because he's got that energy to him. What was the most memorable moment of the season? Goalie goal. Oh, man. I was going to say, we're going to get a goalie goal. We're going to get a Samuel Montembeau goalie goal in the last game of the season. <laughs> um, and it's going to be against like Florida or whatever. Uh, and then yeah. finally, talk about Jack Eye. Uh, he's going to beat dudes up. He's going to score 10 goals on the season. He's going to have a bunch of penalty minutes, and people are still going to try him, not knowing that X is going to give it to him. And by it, I mean a concussion. So stop it. For your own health, stop it. Uh, And our final question comes from our nemesis. Uh, In honor of Marty Walsh taking over the Players Association, what's the funniest possible accent to hear when you're not expecting it? If I'm watching an NHL press conference and all of a sudden I would just hear like, Greedo from Star Wars The Phantom Menace. I think I might <laughs> actually just be like or Jar Jar Binks in the middle of a, <laughs> in the middle of a press conference like oh Misa, Misa do the CBA and just terrible. I think I would just shut it off and be like I need a new sport. I absolutely absolutely need a new sport. I'm just going to go ahead and say that every single time you hear a hillbilly redneck accent it's funny (laughs) it's just it's unless you're expecting if you're not expecting it it's funny whatever it is like if it's like a doctor or if it's like an accountant or like whatever it is when it's like a redneck accent like very hillbilly then absolutely i find it really really funny uh and that's it for this week's belated mailbag we will be back tomorrow with a game recap Uh, and potentially some other stuff, depending on what what shakes out in Montreal Canadiens world. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matlow. You'll find me at The Active Stick. You can also email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com, and you can leave comments in the YouTube section. And if you want us to use them as a mailbag question, just put mailbag question at the beginning of the YouTube comments so we can take you know, tell the difference. Um, Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.